You're listening to the Safe Happens Podcast from Workwear Safe, where we help you keep your employees safe, productive, and happy on the job. And now, here's your hosts. Welcome back to another edition of Safe Happens, the only podcast dedicated to helping you keep your employees safe, productive, and happy on the job. My name's Matthew Hudson. And I'm Brooke Swadley. And Brooke, I am very curious on what topic you have for us to discuss on this episode of Safe Happens. Well, Matthew, I'm so glad you asked because with the supply chain the way that it is, which needs no introduction or explanation at this point in time, I have a lot of customers, clients, and companies looking to increase their subsidy to cover the higher costs of their boots. Okay. Well, my question for you, since you're the expert, is what is the right amount and how do we know? How do we make that right decision? Because when you're looking at a company who has other PPE options and other PPE that they are required to buy, we don't want to treat boots like earplugs, right? Hmm. We don't want to just buy them in bulk. That's true. And commoditize it. Yeah. Right. How do we make that right decision and give our clients the right answer? for for what fits their needs. Mm-hmm. I, I like this. I like this, especially because I think where your heart is, is that you want to be that expert counselor, you know, in this situation, then it would be real easy as a quote unquote, and you can't see my air quotes, but they're there, salesperson, um, <laughs> right. to just pick the highest number, right? Yeah. And just jump for it. But, you know, that's not what an expert partner does, right? And so I, I hear your heart is, getting them to the right number, not any more than they need, but not any less than they need um, is really what you're, what you're saying. So it makes a lot of sense. makes a lot of sense. Exactly. I would say, I would say my approach to this would kind of draw on the fact that one of the things that we have in our background, right, is that we have our exclusive brands with Workwear Safety. And so we work directly with the factories. We design our own products. We, we deal with all of the, the same things that, any other manufacturer out there has to deal with, we deal with as well. So I understand uh, the complexities that goes into the making of a safety, you know, boot, right? So being on the ASTM committee, I understand the safety components that have to go into that, but really there's this other side that goes into it, which is around the construction of the boot. So if I, if I could do this, I don't have a whiteboard, but can I, I'm going to draw on the whiteboard of your mind. And I'm going to draw three circles on that whiteboard and in a Venn diagram. You know what a Venn diagram is where the three circles intersect, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, there you go. Okay. So taking you back to school for just a little bit. So in on one of those circles, I want you to write the word cost. And in another one of those circles, write the word comfort. And in the other circle, write durability. Okay. CCD. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it is. I didn't notice that. So <laughs> cost, comfort, and durability. So what we're doing here in this kind of in diagram is what we're saying is, I obviously I can't have all three, right? I can't be really comfortable boots and really durable boots, but not cost much, right? right? And I can't be low cost boots and have a lot of durability, right? Because that costs to have durability. I can't be really, really low cost boots and have comfort because that costs to have that. The interesting thing about, and people would say, well, okay, that, Matt, that makes sense. Any, any shoes I buy, if I'm buying athletic shoes, if I'm in dress shoes, if I'm buying shoes, you know, 
as a bridesmaid and a wedding. I mean, this would all make sense, right? That, that the same Venn diagram applies. The interesting thing about us is that safety features, right, that are in that boot to meet that ASTM F2413-18 standard, I don't, I, I could do that low cost. Sure. I absolutely could do that low cost, right? And so I think that's the mistake that a lot of people make as they look at that way. So if someone were to say to me, okay, this is the Venn diagram. I want to wait. I want comfort for my employees. I obviously want the boost to be durable because I want them to make it the full 12 months so we don't have to worry about it, right? And then I'll give them a new subsidy for the next 12 months. Uh, but I don't want to spend a ton of money. You know, I want to kind of control my, my cost. So where do you find? And that's that sweet spot in the middle. So I think the way to understand that sweet spot in the middle is there's basically five constructions and constructions of a safety boot. I'm talking about the way the boots are made, right? Okay. So I'm going to take you back to sure. take you back to boot camp, okay? Yes. And really, of those five, there's cement, there's strobel, there's opanka, there is welted, and then there's direct attach, right? And really, okay. two of those, the strobel and um, the opanka. We don't have much of that. In fact, 90% of the safety footwear that's being sold is being sold in those other three categories, right? Um, okay. So let me just, let's just talk about those three because that's really all that sure. they need to know, right? The difference, and, and the interesting thing about these three is that they also play in this Venn diagram, right? Because a cement construction shoe means that we take the top, the upper, and the outsole, the bottom, where all the safety features and everything come together how do we fuse those two items together to make a boot? The main construction that we have and what most safety shoes that are being purchased in the United States are, are called cement construction. Okay. And it's, it's a fancy word for glue, right? Because they're glued on. I mean, I could just say <laughs> okay. they're, they're, they're glued on the bottom. But I often think about when I was in school, we had two types of glue, right? We had the cement glue in the jar, um, which was much stronger than the Elmer's glue that we used in craft in art class. And so when we wanted something really, really strong bonded, we used that cement glue versus the other glues. And that's what you have to look at it. It's like this cement construction is basically a, a very high durable glue that puts the upper and the, and the bottom together, right? And when we okay. do that, when we pull those two things together, um, it's the cheapest way as far as, and I don't mean cheap as in cheap, I just mean it's the lowest cost way to construct a safety boot. Safety boots always used to be, you know, they were sewn together, right? Um, but then we found the cement construction. Now, the other end of that spectrum is what's called a welted construction. And that's what your, you know, the guys who wear Western boots or the guys who wear dress shoes, they have their Oxford dress shoes and stuff that they wear in other parts of their lives. That's when they look at the shoe and they can see that the bottom is leather and the top part is leather, but they're different pieces, but they still have to be sewn together. And the okay. welted means that there's this leather welt that goes around and the top is sewn to the bottom through that welt. And those stitches that you see that go all the way around that shoe, that stitch you see is what's called a welt, right? And then there's welted construction that goes all the way around 360 degrees. There's welted construction that goes from, you know, just where you see the heel, it goes from one side to the other. So like I said, on the heel. So that, um, that type of construction is what we had for forever and ever. It's the more, more expensive way to do it, right? Because you're sewing in, you have an extra piece in there for that well, and you're sewing it in, but it's also the most durable. So okay. if somebody wanted to build a boot and say, durability is my most important thing, 
okay, I'm going to do it in a welted boot. So we said cost is my most important thing. So I'm going to do it in a cement construction, right? We said durability is my most important thing. Well, then I'm going to do it in a welted construction. So then uh, several years ago, they found a way uh, it's called direct attach, which is essentially what direct attach does is that they take that upper and the outside, the lower part, and they vulcanize them. They like fuse them together in a way that they're become almost one piece, right? As opposed to two okay. separate pieces. So they directly huh. attach it to it. And the reason why this is like a, this leap forward in technology was two things. Number one, the nice thing about cement construction is it's flexible, right? You can take that boot and flex it real easily. So it means it's comfortable in the foot. But when you had that welted thing, like you can think the first time you got your boots or your shoes, you had to break those things down because that welt is stiff. You have to really sure. work it before it goes. And it never flexes the same way that that cement construction does, right? And so the problem with the cement construction is they didn't last, right? The sole would separate, they would pull apart. And if you got them in too much pressure and too much work, then, or if anybody got near any kind of cleaning fluids or chemicals and stuff and got on that seat, they might separate apart. And so when you, so you go, oh, well, cement construction is lighter, welding construction is heavier, but welding construction lasts longer than cement construction. You can see the trade-offs, right? So direct attach was this step forward in technology that kind of bridged the gap that said, I want to give you the flexibility and, uh, and comfort of those cement construction, but I want to give it to you with more durability, like a welded construction that's there. So it's a win-win. It, it is. It is a win-win. When we're looking at the industry that I'm in, that, that industry and what my employees are doing drives where I need to fall in this Venn diagram. Because if I am working in oil and gas, for example, I'm putting my boots through an intense amount of pressure. Uh, I'm doing things in a very um, difficult environment, right? And these boots are getting beat up and oftentimes they get used as a tool, right? They use the boot to kick things into place and move things around. And so, the durability is the most important thing in that oil field, right? I've got sure. to be durable, right? Well, I can't be durable in cement construction. Those two things are, they're the opposite side of each other. They're the opposite side of each other. But let's say I'm in a logistics company and my job is to just pack the boxes and get all this stuff shipped out. I work for an e-commerce retailer and that's my job. Well, I'm not putting them through much other than paces, right? I just need something under my foot that is slip resistant, might have a safety toe on it because of the forklifts that are running by and, and because I could drop the boxes and the materials that I'm moving. So I still have that safety kind of component, but I'm not putting it through the rigors when I'm working in that warehouse, in that logistics warehouse, that that person working in oil and gas is putting it through. So I don't need to pay for wealth to construction if I'm working in a warehouse to get 12 months of life. So are you tracking right. with that? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that that's the, that's most subsidies are for 12 months, right? I give you a, a new voucher, new subsidy amount every 12 months. So the reality is what I want to do as an EHS person managing this program is I want to make sure that the boot lasts all 12 months, 
But not only does the boot last all 12 months, right? Go back to our safe, productive, and happy, that it's comfortable for the 12 months. That would be the ultimate, right? To be able sure. to get to that point. So you can see the amount I have to spend on a boot in a logistics warehouse to keep them through the 12 months and comfortable is less than the amount I'd have to spend to keep them through the 12 months and comfortable in the oil and gas kind of thing. Absolutely. So it it's all around the application and the construction of each boot. You're a hundred percent. Those are the two things that we always look at. That's why every one of the fact tags in our stores, you know, they, they, they say, this is for light industry. This is for medium industry. This is for heavy industry, light industry mm. being that that is logistics warehouse kind of work. Medium industry usually moves into some construction, right? So I'm doing construction. I'm doing things with landscaping, things where that um, they go through weather, they go through other types of things. So I need them to have a little more durability with, with that boot. And then heavy, of course, being what we talked about, I'm working in a steel mill, I'm working in, you know, on a factory line that is heavy equipment, or I am operating heavy machinery, I'm working in the oil and gas. And we categorize in that way, just so that when someone's saying, hey, these are what my people need, they can build their assortment around how that is. Because what they'll notice is that when you, when you shop with us, right? And again, this is not a commercial for us, but if you shop with us, what we try to do is to say, how can we make this Venn diagram, which is a great class and looks great on the whiteboard of our minds, how do we make that practical, right, every day? And so what we can do is we can say, it's light industry, medium industry, or heavy industry. And what they'll find is that in the light industry, you will see a lot of cement construction. You will see mm -hmm. some direct attached but you won't see any welted construction in that group, right? Because A, right. welted needs more durability and welted means more money. It's a mm -hmm. higher price boot when you go to welted. And so then you move to medium, medium you're gonna see more, now you're gonna see some welted and direct attached, maybe a couple of cement, because it's possible to, to put a little extra money in your boot and, and make it more durable uh, in the cement construction. I don't wanna pass them off as cheap boots, right? Not at all that you'll see that kind of blend. But then when you move into heavy industrial, you'll see there is no cement construction, right? It can't, it won't hold up, it won't last. And so what's, don't even try. You gotta get into that welded construction when you get into that. In addition, in heavy, oftentimes you'll see, we'll put toe guards on there. We'll put heel guards around the back. We'll put other pieces, metatarsal guards and so on that are other safety components and durability components that will add to that boot to make it work. The more of those components I add though, the more weight I add. So the other real uh, thing about direct attach that made them like popular was the fact that I'm getting more of the durability, saving the flexibility, but I'm not doing it with the weight of that welted construction. That's gotta be huge for the end user. I think so. I think you're, you're absolutely right. Is that, you know, especially if we're dealing with uh, you know, I have a lot of accounts that are, are municipality accounts, right? And so you've got guys working streets department, you get department of transportation groups and so on. Those people, they would not classify themselves as heavy industry, right? So they're, they're not necessarily saying, I don't need to go all the way to a wealth of construction, you know, there, but I sure want something durable. And I do put my boot through a lot of different conditions, right? One day it's freezing cold outside. One day it's a hundred degrees outside. And I'm, I'm wearing the same boots 
in both of those situations. One day it's raining, one day it's not. I need a boot that will walk through those situations. And again, if you stay down on that, that lower cost, you're going to be dealing with a boot that doesn't flex like that, doesn't move between temperatures and climates, doesn't move between um, the wet, the rain, the heat, the snow, and all that, because it wasn't built to do that. Right? It was it was built to do something a little bit less. So if I'm, this is a long, I feel like this is a very, very long answer to your question. <laughs> You're doing a great job, Matthew. Keep going. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thanks for the encouragement. I needed that because I was, I was sitting here going, man, get to the point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like, you know, if you understand those are the constructions that are there and you understand the Venn diagram, it says, I can't have all three. So what's the, what's the, where those intersect, I think is based on the industry that you're working within, right? I think that if you sure. are in a heavy industry, you're going to, the intersection on that Venn diagram is the far right. If you are in logistics, you know, postal carrier, things like that, your intersection is a little more to the left, right? On that Venn diagram. But that's what I would do. And that's how I would look at it. So now I say, okay, now I know what I want. I want, because someone can't say, well, I want the most comfortable boots and the most durable boots that you've got. You absolutely can have that. But that means you're going to be at a $200 to $225 subsidy, right? If somebody says, and I think what most people would say, if you said, well, do you want, do you want durability, comfort, or price? They're going to say, I want it all. And I'm going to say, that makes sense. Can't have all that. So which one is... Where are you going to give? What, what areas are you going to give? And I think the place that people give the most, I think this may be unintentional, but I think the place to give the most is comfort. Because I can't have comfort the lower the subsidy. I can't have a $75 boot be as comfortable as a $150 boot. It's just yeah, there's no not way. possible. Yeah, it's just not possible. But I don't think that they meant... Well, I'm giving them a $75 subsidy because I don't care about the comfort, right? <laughs> I don't think that's what an EHS or safety manager is thinking in their minds. But inadvertently, that's kind of what they're doing in that scenario. And that's why, it, it, statistically for us, I'm amazed at the number of employees who pay out of pocket to upgrade with their subsidies. When these companies that have those subsidies below 150, I'm amazed the number of employees that will pay out of pocket on there. I had a, a, a customer call me an hour ago, right before we were getting ready to record this. Had a great experience in the store. Just wanted to you know, say it's like their fourth time being in a store in the last four years. They've been coming every year. And they're just like, every year you guys deliver. Every year you guys are great. And as I'm talking to him about what he got, he's like, oh, I always upgrade. And I go, what do you mean you always upgrade? He goes, well, we get $150 subsidy but the boots that I want for my feet, and that's exactly how he said it, the boots I want for my feet are like 180. And so he says, I always pay the difference because he said, it is so worth it, you know, to get through the year. It is worth the 30 bucks when I do it. It's, it's no problem. So it was interesting to hear from an employee saying that, right? Which I know to be true because I can look at the statistics for us and see how many of them are paying more. Why are they paying more? Because they want the comfort. They're not paying more for durability. Let's not kid ourselves, right? The right. subsidy comes to them and they're not worried the boot makes it 12 months because if it doesn't, they're going to go back to you, safety manager, and say, hey, these didn't last. You need to give me another voucher. So now you just spent, you know, 250 instead of 125 for that 12-month period. But they're more focused on that comfort. And today's world, if we, 
if we're going to treat this as an employee benefit, if we're not thinking comfort for our employees, if we're not thinking wellness for our employees, we are inadvertently contributing to turnover. And possible workman's comp claims increasing. Oh, oh my gosh, isn't that true? That's so very true because of the if I'm not comfortable, I don't work right. And if I don't work right, then I can I can injure myself. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, twice as many work days are lost each year to pain and discomfort that are lost to actual injury, right? So a lot of times what a safety manager does is he or she measures their success based on the recordables that they have on their on their books, right? And so not having exactly. a recordable, I'm a winner. If they were actually to measure the amount of work days that were lost due to pain and discomfort, they would be like shocked. And then they would start monitoring that. They would start going, okay, I need to track because I don't want my people out unless it's true PTO, right? If they have PTO, I want them to take their PTO, but I don't want them being off because they're in pain and discomfort. I don't sure. want them leaving early because they're pain and discomfort. What I don't want, and this is the scary part, and this is the reality, I don't want a remote workforce that stops at hour six in their eight hour day, their eight to 10 hour day. They stop really at hour six because they run out of juice, they're fatigued. And they, they stay, they don't leave. But the amount of work that they do in the last four hours compared to the amount they do in the per six hours, right? It's like, mm-hmm. it's like dramatic drop off in their productivity. So when I'm going lower on that subsidy, and I'm leaning towards that cost part of the Venn diagram, I'm contributing to that. And I'm, I'm doing that. And I think that's why, Brooke, I hear you talk all the time about, hey, there's one thing to do. You can say, well, I can leave my subsidy at 150, but if you gave everybody an anti-fatigue insole to place in their boots at the sixth month, that that would actually be as powerful, if not more powerful, than raising the subsidy. 20 bucks, right? If you just said, look, keep it at 150, but make this part of your deal. Everybody gets one of the anti-fatigue insoles in addition to, they don't even have to pay for it. It's coming with it and they can spend 150 on boots and then I'm going to give them that anti-fatigue insole. I've heard you talk about the fact that doing that may be the right answer versus raising subsidy because that's focused on comfort. If they're buying, well, 150 should be enough durability in a medium to uh, industry and below there's plenty sure. of durability to make it 12 months, right? But the comfort won't make it to 12 months. And that's the difference. And so you don't have to go from a 150 subsidy to $200 subsidy to do comfort. I like your strategy, which is like, hey, why not do $25 more and just give them a free fatigue insole to replace when the one that's in the boot goes dead, they put this one in, it's like a whole new boot. Yeah, absolutely. It's not a generic answer, you know, and it's like you said, it's so easy as a salesperson to say, you know, you do need more money, but at the same time, if you look at not only their application, uh, but the construction of the boot and what it will be doing for, for the employees involved. I am a safety manager. I am an EHS director. I, even though I may have a degree in environmental health and sciences, right? I may have that degree. They didn't teach me about footwear. They didn't teach me about how they're constructed. They didn't teach me how they're supposed to fit. They didn't teach me any of that stuff. That's why this conversation is like what you and I are having right now are so important for us to have with those safety professionals because they're not getting that education anywhere else. And I think that's why we create Safe Happens in the first place is to provide that kind of education for them. And I feel better equipped to go to my customers and clients and give them a reasonable number. 
that will fit Excellent. not only their budget, but their employees' budget. Excellent. Excellent. Well, it's a good topic. I mean, this was uh, it's invigorating to me to talk through because, it, again, this is the kind of stuff that we talk about a lot, but I just don't think anybody's having this conversation. So good on you to kind of challenge us to go that direction and get into this this part of the conversation. So, But if there's other topics out there that you guys are interested in, you can message us at Workwear Safe and let us know. We'd love to tackle a topic or question that is on your list and not just ones that we're getting you know on our own but just hear things that you want to take up and and do that part so brooke until next time matthew yes absolutely i'll be here (laughs) thank you so much as always okay thank you you've just experienced safe happens a podcast from workwear safe where we help you keep your employees safe productive and happy on the job Never miss an episode by subscribing to Safe Happens Today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.